Hey everybody, this week my guest is Dr. David Bilstrom, and we talked about autoimmune. He's an expert in autoimmune disease remedying, and how to diagnose them, and really how to reverse them. And where we went was the importance of vitamin D, and clearing estrogen from the body. Estrogen dominance is really dangerous, and guess what? Even after menopause, when we're not making as much estrogen, if it's not clearing our system, it's leading to problems. He also talked about something called butyrate, the importance of butyrate, and uh, it's found in butter. So people, you know I always say fall in love with fat. Let's throw some butter on those veggies. Listen in, and please do share if you enjoy it. This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50 who have a lot of living yet to do, who want to enjoy the ride for as long as they can in good health and with a sense of humor, maybe a little wine. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. Nonsense. I would say something else, but I'll keep it clean for now. Aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Rebellious Wellness Over 50. Today, my guest is Dr. David Bilstrom, and we are going to talk autoimmune, autoimmune diseases, remedies for autoimmune, diagnosing autoimmune, and how important the gut is to our overall health. And we hear a lot about gut health, but I don't know about you listeners, but I kind of think like... Um, I don't have heartburn. I don't have any problem. I must be healthy. I think Dr. Bilstrom has some other ideas. So Dr. Bilstrom, welcome. Thank you for being with us. Oh, so nice to be here. Thank you. I'm going to give the listeners a little bit about your background. You are, among other things, an author, a speaker, a member of the American Academy of Integrative Medicine and American Academy of Medical Acupuncture. We love acupuncture. An advanced fellow in anti-aging, regenerative and functional medicine, and you have a quadruple board certification. How do people get this all done? In functional and regenerative medicine, integrative medicine, physical medicine and rehabilitation and medical acupuncture. So I know that you're passionate about education, about importance of diagnosing and reversing, preventing autoimmune diseases using functional medicine. And I'm a big fan of functional medicine docs. Tell us how, what was your journey to this place where this became your specialty? Well, originally, as a rehabilitation doctor, I specialized in spinal cord injury. So everybody was either paralyzed, waist down, neck down, with very complicated health issues to the point where we would become their primary care provider because something that an able-bodied, non-paralyzed person would you know, not think twice about could actually kill them, oh. but also because they had so much health issues that medications couldn't help or the side effects was too profound. I really started looking for other things that could help them that I didn't learn about in my traditional training with the, also the goal being wouldn't it be lovely didn't have any side effects. Well, first I found acupuncture and then acupuncture worked, worked so unbelievably wonderfully. I go, oh my gosh, how did I get through my training without knowing this? <laughs> what else don't I know? And sure enough, there is a lot out there that we're just not taught in our traditional training. My son had at a very young age developed really terrible asthma and allergies and I could pretty much get any young kid's asthma to go away with acupuncture, and sure enough, we did. But his allergies were so stubborn, hmm. and nobody could help him, and it was just miserable. And I go, well, I'm going to have to kind of figure this out myself. 
And uh, this is where I found integrative medicine. Well, actually, I'd already kind of integrated more functional medicine. And wow, did he get better? And I go, this is really good stuff and started doing it all the time. And then ultimately what got me towards the autoimmune disease was an article, very sad story in the New York Times written by uh, an author who had this multi-year journey just getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And she went from doc to doc to doc. And eventually she was diagnosed with Sjogren's disease, just miserable, so bad, couldn't write anymore, basically. You know, she couldn't work, she couldn't even get off the couch. And so she finally got diagnosed with what it was after all these years, but then nobody gave her any really good options other than immunosuppressive medications that mm-hmm. she tried, didn't help. She kept getting worse and worse, which is sort of what you'd expect because the medicines kind of try to put a, a bit of a bandage on a couple symptoms, but they don't address the reason why the immune system became confused and started attacking the body in the first place. And you just keep getting worse and worse. And you end up with a second and a third and a fourth autoimmune disease. And I said, well, you know, this is a story I hear all the time. And, but I, I, I can see where, you know, we can reverse that already. And I said, well, this has got to change. Um, we can't have all these women, particularly because 80% of people that get autoimmune disease are women. We can't have this happening. And autoimmune disease is becoming unbelievably common yeah. as well. And I said, well, somebody's got to do something about this. And, Okay, well, somebody's got to stand up. Got to be you. <laughs> Time to go. That's great. That's a great story. And it seems that almost everybody that has this passion and drive forward started with a personal story. Your son, then seeing this article, reached you on some level. Um, yeah. So let's talk. You you threw in that more women than men get autoimmune disease. Can you tell me a little bit about why women might be more susceptible? Yeah, there's really two main reasons. Uh, one has to do, I think, with the passion of yours, epigenetics, the things that turn on good genes, the things that turn off bad genes, or vice versa. And so we used to think that whatever genes we have in our cells tell the cells what to do was hardwired. Whatever we got, we got good, bad, otherwise from parents, grandparents. But we realized that it's not the genes you have, it's which ones get turned on and turned off. And there's ever so many bad genes that try to make us feel sick, we got to turn those off. Ever so many good genes we got to turn on to make us feel healthy. Well, it turns out that there's so many bad genes on the X chromosome, and women get two copies in every cell in their body. Guys get one X, one Y. There's so many bad genes on the X chromosome that for women to be optimally healthy, she has to be able to shut down at least 80% of every gene on the entire second S chromosome in every cell in her body to be optimally healthy. And as you can imagine, that's like a I'm thinking that's a tall order. (laughs) But the body is so smart, it can do it. Mm. And and this is where if you get these really big central mechanisms, including the gut is one of the biggest central mechanisms, you you basically put your body in a position to start flipping off the bad, flipping on the good, every cell in your body. Um, and And even though Western, more traditional Western allopathic medicine makes prevention or disease reversal look incredibly complex and incredibly vague at the same time. Yeah. It's kind of like, well, how do you prevent disease? How do you reverse chronic disease? Well, uh, change how you eat and exercise. And it's like, well, that is very complicated. At the same time, it's like, well, yeah, how, yeah. well yeah. how do I exercise? How do I? But uh, truly the gut's the central mechanism. And then the other one, and this goes back to the gut as well, is a hormone imbalance called estrogen dominance, where mm. when you get estrogen and progesterone, but you have too much estrogen compared to your progesterone. And this is a huge driver of immune system disruption 
not only profoundly increasing cancer risk, but also profoundly increasing um, autoimmune disease risk. Uh, and between the estrogen dominance that truly, if you look at the top 10 reasons why women die, estrogen dominance and what it causes, what diseases and health issues it causes, probably account for about 88% of all wow. reasons why women die. And so this is a big passion of ours is to get the word out about how estrogen dominance shows itself before it turns into cancer, before it turns into autoimmune disease, so women can reverse and prevent the things that estrogen dominance drives that are really obvious things, but nobody puts them together with this hormone imbalance, especially do it and feel better long before they have to deal with cancer and autoimmune disease. So I'm thinking estrogen dominance, which I had when I was still having a period. Um, So I would have, you know, terrible periods and then I got fibroids and then I was hemorrhaging and then I had my uterus taken out because it was an untenable situation. But I, I think that many women here that are in menopause won't think of estrogen as possibly being dominant because all we hear about is estrogenic decline. So is there a test that people take to see if they're estrogen dominant at a later age? Yeah, and this is where uh, when it comes to functional medicine and how we're trying to change the way autoimmune disease is dealt with worldwide, ideally getting some practitioner in every community that knows how to do this is, well, how do you do this with just more traditional ways of doing you know medicine? So every lab in every town could run the blood work looking for estrogen dominance. No problem. They do it all the time. Well, they didn't maybe do it all the time, but they can do it easily. Yeah. Uh, when you order it. And so it's actually, you know, easy blood test to run, uh, covered by insurance. Even my book, we even talk about the diagnostic codes that practitioners will use to justify it to insurance as covered. And so it's really not complicated. It's just, you got to know what to, what to look for to find it. But then also, of course, know exactly how to turn it around. Like you kind of talk about with the uh, hormonal menstrual symptoms of estrogen dominance being things like bad flows, bad cramps, PMS, ovarian cyst, breast cyst, fibers, endometriosis, but also, and this is where it is unbelievably common, even the things I just mentioned are like, yeah, pretty much all, but also a change in the anatomy down there, like a hysterectomy or getting rid of one ovary, leaving everything else in, whatever change in the anatomy goes down the, down there, even getting your tubes tied changes the blood flow to the ovaries by 30% will make it worse. Then, <laughs> because estrogen revs and progesterone calms, it can also show up in women as excessive worry, anxiety, panic attacks, and not sleeping great. Hmm. And so if you have this rev without calm, hormone, menstrual stuff, you automatically know you have the estrogen dominance. Now you can you know, uh, do the blood test and figure it out for sure. But then also it's so important to turn this around because it's not going to be fun to have any of that stuff. Of no. um, but because that's such a big driver of immune system disruption, that is a huge reason to take care of it long before it ever gets to then the autoimmune disease and this humongo increased risk of cancer, including women that have estrogen dominance before menopause have a 5.4 times greater risk of breast cancer before menopause, hmm. not of twice the risk, three times, but 5.4, but also a 10 times greater risk of malignant cancers their whole life. Hmm. This is such a disruptor of that immune system. This is one reason why they kind of say, well, cancer is a flip side of the same coin that's autoimmune disease. But once again, it's not hard to diagnose, but it's also not hard to reverse. Really true. The body's so smart. If you kind of know the language the body speaks, it's, it's not difficult to maintain health, but it's also not so difficult to reverse sort of these health issues that are already established or, you know, put your body in a position to, to get this to go away. 
Now, to your point, as far as well, maybe postmenopausal, what does estrogen have to do with it? Well, ideally, your body should make estrogen your whole life. Now, mm-hmm. ovaries make it until menopause, and then the ovaries say, okay, I've been doing this for like three, four days. Not <laughs> for me to retire. And I go, okay, you earned your retirement. But then what has to happen is the adrenal hormones, such as DHEA, pregnenolone, these kind of other hormones that are produced, um, convert in your own cells, ideally, to things like estrogens, progesterone, testosterone. The cells do the work because you want to make like estradiol, they call it a good estrogen. You want to make estradiol your whole life because it keeps away heart attacks, keeps away strokes, great for the eyes. So it keeps away cataracts and macular degeneration, keeps away osteoporosis. Your gut needs estradiol your whole life. And also it keeps away fine lines and wrinkles in your skin. It's like every cell in the body just loves this estradiol, but you have to be able to make it your whole life. Um, and this is kind of where estrogen dominance comes from. Well, you make healthy new estrogens that get rid of inflammation, keep away disease. But once it's been in your system, circling for a little bit, it gets dinged, gets beat up. Now it becomes irritating and toxic to the system. You have to be able to run your detox pathways, dump toxic old estrogens into your gut, and then poop them in the toilet. Well, this is where you get a messed up gut, and you can hear a lot of people talk about leaky gut. Leaky mm-hmm. gut drives a lot of issues, but also these old toxic estrogens that hopefully you have the right vitamins to run your detox pathways or are eating your cruciferous vegetables all the time to detox, right? Love my um, broccoli. Get, oh my goodness, broccoli. Get them into the gut and then poop in the toilet. But you have the disrupted gut or you're not pooping every day or, or both. Well, they reactivate and reabsorb back into the system, accumulating these old toxic estrogens. Even if you're not making a, a, enough of the good healthy stuff, you may be accumulating the old toxic stuff, driving estrogen bubbles up, And then because it's so important to manage stress, it's so important to get the stress hormone cortisol to stay in the calm mode when it gets stuck in the stress mode, whether it's because of some physical things like vitamin deficiencies, hormone imbalances, these infections, drug chronic disease, or emotional stress, spiritual stress, cortisol gets kicked up into the stress mode. And the first hormone that gets deficient because of that is progesterone. So you can get this double whammy where you may not have enough progesterone to create calm. Thus, you may be a worrier, more anxious than you want to be. You can't sleep. You have panic attacks, these kind of things. Well, you pretty much know you don't have enough progesterone, but also you may not be able to get rid of these old toxic estrogens. And here is this estrogen dominance even you know after menopause. Hmm. And let's talk about the gut for a minute as it relates to immune health. Please. It's- if you can take us lay people through that, can you talked about pathways, metabolic pathways, you know, everything is connected to everything else. I'll yeah. start there. And yet all of a sudden in the past, I don't know, five, seven years, gut health microbiome has become like the it thing to take care of. Mm-hmm. And then there's conversations about how it links to immunity. But I think to most people, including myself, I can't make that connection. I know if I eat well, I feel better. My body does better, but there seems to be more science to that than that. Yeah. And so you're right. The intestinal microbiome is sort of this super central mechanism that when it's off, it it creates all these different health issues. And these are the things that then drive chronic disease and including, you're right, everything is connected. So, you know, one thing to kind of think about, well, if you get all the stuff going on at the same time, well, you go, well, what's causing it? Well, it makes it super easy because the only way a whole bunch of stuff can be off at the same time is because these really big super central mechanisms have gotten thrown off. But then you fix them 
everything can get better all at the same time, including, you know, so many women come in and go, well, you know, I got a leaky bladder. I just part of getting old or I got a leaky bladder because I've had five kids. I go, no, 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 no. The body's too smart to let you feel old at 45, 55, age related to at least 90 because epigenetically, we should be able to keep our good genes turned on, our bad genes turned off at least until 90 and feel great. But there's this where this gut is such a central mechanism. Now, one of the big connections with the immune system is that 80% of the immune system actually surrounds the gut. So any immune system stuff, whether it's the autoimmune disease, allergies, asthma, eczema, which are the overactive immune system issues, or the underactive immune system issues, which are infections, recurrent infections, cancer, and the infections that drive chronic disease, such as Epstein-Barr virus, herpes virus, six mycoplasma, these kind of guys, whenever you see any of this stuff, you go, oh, what's going on with the gut? Because the it's like, hey, immune system's off, what's going on in the gut? But then again, you hear things like, well, the gut's the second brain. Well, if you start getting any kind of brainy stuff, you go, okay, what's going on with the gut? And then if you see any skin stuff, you go, so what's going on with the gut? Because there's such a big skin-gut connection. Actually, on Good Morning America, I can't believe I heard it, but there's a dermatologist on who's talking about skin care for women. And she goes, wow, you know, the gut-skin connection is profound. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's fantastic. I can't believe it. <laughs> Television. But it all goes back to how this gut is a central mechanism, you know, basically the intestinal microbiome. So the things that drive immune system disruption, autoimmune disease, cancer, these kind of things, but also disease in general, because of the gut is, if the gut's off, well, you can't digest your food and get the nutrients right. out. Even if you're eating high nutrient content food, you may not be able to get those guys out of your food, you get vitamin deficient. When the gut's off, you can't balance your hormones. Uh, the whole hormone symphony, particularly in women, is so dependent on a healthy gut. When the gut's off, uh, it throws off the immune system, you get these infections that drive chronic disease. And we now know that any chronic health issue, no matter what it is, there is an infection that drives chronic disease as part of this. Thus, we really want to teach people how to get rid of these infections and then you have such a healthy immune system, they stay away. When the gut's off, um, you can't get rid of toxins from the body. And whether it's toxic old estrogens or other toxic things, including a big reason why they think so many more people get autoimmune disease nowadays than they used to, as well as a huge reason why kids get so many more brain stuff and immune system stuff than ever before is environmental toxins. We live in such mm, toxic world. They get in. And it's almost like, well, how can I avoid them? Well, it's almost like, what well, you can. Yeah. You do your best, but you can't. The big question is, well, can I get rid of them faster than they come in? And, and when you say, well, can I get rid of them faster than they come in? It's like, okay, can I run my detox pathways with the right nutrients, broccoli, um, and I get them in the gut? Can I actually get them out of my gut, poop them in the toilet efficiently enough that they don't accumulate over time? And then when the gut's off, it has this big central mechanism impact on the immune system and all that goes with that. So detoxing is very popular. I don't know how many TikTok videos there are, and I'm sure there are a million videos on doing some detox, like vinegar, water with honey, or uh, colonics. You know, there's probably half a dozen you can name. Is it reasonable to assume that I could do a three, five, seven day protocol and repair my gut or at least detox the bad stuff? Or is this like you have to live in this way of being healthy? Well, you know, if you really fix the gut, you're really putting the body physics, fix everything. So you go, okay, well, I need to detox. 
I'm going to eat tons of broccoli because there's 14 different studies that say if I double my broccoli intake, I cut in half my chance of ever getting cancer. And you go like, oh, that is pretty cool, right? So I'm going to, I'm going to run my detox pathways. Well, if you don't have a healthy gut and it stays leaky, this intestinal permeability disorder, it's just going to recycle right back into the system and you never get rid of the darn stuff. So you really want to, now you try to work around that, like, you know, things like people talk about doing foot baths and these kind of things is you really want to fix the gut though, because then you naturally become a better detoxer, but then you start balancing your hormones. Then you fix the immune system. Then you fix the brain and then you're fixing the skin. You're kind of doing it all at the same time. Now, you know, down the line, if you need a little extra help detoxing, you can always go that route. But truly, if you get the gut really healthy, you just naturally become a really good detoxer get rid of these old toxic estrogens, get rid of all these toxic things that have kind of built up in your system. But then now you have this foundational health of a healthy gut, healthy immune system. And this is a really great way then to stay healthy. And if you just detox, but you don't fix the reason why you're a bad detoxer, it's just going to accumulate again over time. Okay. So do you have a suggestion, a protocol for living uh, a gut healthy lifestyle besides broccoli? Yeah. So, um, a real big central mechanism in gut ill health and ill health in general is the vitamin D receptors in the gut become resistant to vitamin D. And so many people hear about vitamin D, there's receptors for vitamin D, every cell in the body. Vitamin D is uber important, including you know studies that say that if a woman's vitamin D is above 60, she'll decrease her risk of ever getting breast cancer automatically by 82%. Um, you know, so it's really great. And you want to get vitamin D more like 70 to 90. So even 60 is not right. A woman's vitamin D is above 50 during pregnancy. She'll cut the risk of her child ever getting multiple sclerosis in half. Wow. All these really cool studies. But you have to have the vitamin D receptors sensitive so that the vitamin D can attach and do the work. Very much like insulin resistance that people hear a lot about where you may have insulin made by your pancreas to control blood sugar. But if your receptors for insulin are resistant... You don't get the bang for effort, you go to diabetes. So it turns out these vitamin D receptors in the gut are so numerous compared to any other body part. It's one reason why vitamin D is so important for the gut, but also they have to be sensitive. They get resistant, this whole domino effect of terrible stuff happens. You fix it, this whole domino effect of great stuff happens. Uh, and it works by optimizing the intestinal microbiome. The lining of the gut stops making chemicals that create inflammation. The lining of the gut will actually make its own inflammation when you get the gut messed up. The lining of the gut starts making specific proteins called antimicrobial peptides to keep bad bugs down in the gut long term. So you maintain this lovely mix of good, bad bugs in the gut, intestinal microbiome. The original data from 2018 is like, wow, this is exactly what you want to do to fix all these autoimmune diseases of the gut, like ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease. Some people have like recurrent C. diff, recurrent H. pylori, all that kind of stuff. But then they go, wow, this seems like exactly what you probably want to do to fix everything. And they named a whole list of everything. And then six months later, they go, oh, another study came out. This is a nuclear weapon against diabetes and metabolic syndrome. So not just diabetes, insulin, blood sugar, but abnormal weight gain helps you lose weight. Um, uh, cholesterol issues, triglyceride issues, heart attack and stroke risk. And then last year, here's this article in the Journal of Harvard Journal of Psychiatry that goes, well, if you can optimize the intestinal microbiome this way, and I look at that and go, that's what they talked about when they said you fixed vitamin D receptor resistance. Well, you can use it to treat major depressive disorder. Another study came out 
name something very similar to the intestinal microbiome's role in personality traits, you optimize the intestinal microbiome this way, well, you become more outgoing, more social, mm. and it has such an impact on brain chemistry. And the way you fix it, it, it it's kind of like, wow, this must be really complicated. And no, no, the body's too smart. So daily vitamin D, daily probiotics, which you know so many people are probably doing already, and then daily butyrate. Now, butyrate is maybe a name that just doesn't jump out for everybody, but butyrate is what they call a short-chain fatty acid, and ideally, it's made by the good bacteria in the gut. So here's that gut connection. So the good bacteria in the gut make serotonin, the feel-good neurotransmitter. They make GABA, a calming neurotransmitter. They make melatonin, which regulates the wake cycles, but also we know, uh, this is a great example of how these hormones, like estrogen, for example, are so much more important to getting credit for People with higher melatonin levels, less cancer, less heart attacks, less stroke, less Alzheimer's, less osteoporosis. And you go, oh my goodness, can these good bacteria make anything more important? <laughs> yes, they can. So butyrate is the third part of this, what we call the foundational triad of daily vitamin E probiotic and butyrate that has been identified as being able to reestablish the sensitivity of these vitamin D receptors in the gut so that vitamin D can do the job it was meant to do. But then because they're fixing the gut, central mechanism, intestinal microbiome is optimized. Well, then here's all these other great things, um, including butyrate itself. So usually on the poop test that gets done by functional medicine docs called digestive stool analyses, this butyrate is so important, they test for it. Easy yeah. test. You poop, you mail it off, you poop gets to travel, and they check for butyrate. <laughs> it's important. It's low. We go, oh, people low butyrate in the gut have increased risk of colon cancer. Well, over the last few years, we go like, oh, my goodness, that's just a tip of the iceberg. Butyrate actually prevents cancer five different ways. It actually treats cancer five different ways. They're using it. Uh, they, they kind of patented uh, a butyrate sort of analog, and they're using it to treat non-small cell lung cancer nowadays, a cancer that really we have no options for. Actually, the butyrate can get rid of cancer, including that one. Um, butyrate also is so important when it comes to energy homeostasis you know the energy that comes in the energy we burn super important in preventing overweight obesity so important in reversing it um it's profoundly important for the brain if you get an ischemic stroke it helps the brain recover kids assisted by fibrosis uh basically they're drowning on their own lung secretions it can help that the degenerative neurologic disease huntington's chorea it can help with that and you go oh my goodness here is this foundational triad that fixes vitamin D receptor resistance. Well, that just fixes everything. Well, here's this butyrate that basically looks like, wow, it pretty much fixes everything. Well, butyrate almost exclusively works through epigenetics. And so this is where, you know, these real big central mechanisms, the vitamin D receptor sensitivity, the butyrate, getting vitamin D perfect, managing stress, you know, that cortisol stress hormone, creating calm in the body, whether it's fixing this disrupted gut, lack of butyrate, trying to manage uh, stress, getting out in nature, getting in the garden, all this kind of stuff, create the calm. If you can get cortisol to reset in the calm mode, Harvard, a uh, big study out of Harvard 15 years ago, well, gosh, you do like a few minutes of meditation every day, you just flip your, well, you fix the gut, you fix butyrate deficiency, well, you're flipping genes. And this is where, you know, all this thing, gut stuff, the stuff that drives chronic disease but the stuff that reverses and prevents chronic disease, once again, kind of all ties into epigenetics and, you know, flipping every good gene in every cell you buy the right way, turning off the bad genes that drive disease. It's just so profound for not only 
preventing chronic health issues, but really getting uh, to what you got to do to actually reverse chronic disease and then maintain that beautiful health, at least until 90. So, which brings me to the question of genetic testing. Uh, Dr. Jay Dunn, who's somebody I've interviewed and known for a while, is a company called My Happy Genes. And her experience, one of the reasons she started the company was she had depression for most of her life. Long story short, biochemical pathways. She discovered X, Y, and Z, had her genes done. She had a variant variation at the gene that makes it possible to absorb and use vitamin D. So once she got that fixed with a supplement upstream, that worked on the other chemical pathways leading to that, she was then able to absorb the vitamin D and voila, she was better really that quick. So I'm just wondering, do you have, or do you recommend gene testing to make sure that these biochemical pathways and where the variants are and all that stuff are going to work with your protocol or no? Well, those are, you know, you have these variants and, uh, Ideally, when they did the human genome project, they go, well, geez, if we can sequence the human genome, we'll figure out the exact one gene that causes every disease. We'll go in, we'll tweak it, we'll fix it. Well, then they came out and they go, wow, you know, this probably works really great for some of the rarest diseases yeah. in the world. But actually, it turns out it's not so much what genes you have, it's which ones get turned on and turned off. Right now, if you have a, a gene variant like you're talking about that absolutely makes it impossible to get the bang for that, you know, effort, and you can go in and, and, and flip it, fantastic. But if you still have all these other things going on that's going to make those vitamin D receptors resistant anyway, yeah. you can even have the right gene without even having a variant, you know, to deal with, and you're not going to get the bang for your effort. And this is where it really looks like, like things like butyrate and this uh, stuff in the re-establishing that vitamin D receptor sensitivity in the gut. It's such a central mechanism. I really think the only way it can really kind of fix everything, I think it makes all these uh, receptors for all the things the body needs to function well, more sensitive. Hey, my serotonin receptors aren't as sensitive as they used to be. I have serotonin, but I can't get the bang for my effort. Well, if you can optimally sensitize all these receptors for all the great things the body needs, wow, this might be one of those central mechanisms that you know makes it kind of be in a position to fix everything at the same time. Now, if you have those you know, gene variants and you can flip them. Fantastic. Ooh, does that open up the window of opportunity to then have more genes available to do the work? But then if you still have all these central mechanisms creating the resistance, it might be a little hard for a lot of people to get the full bang for their effort. That makes sense. Now, how do you take butyrate? Is it a pill, a powder? So it, it's a, it's a capsule. So butyric calmag uh, connected to a little bit of calcium magnesium uh, is a common one. There's sodium butyrate. Um, and so they come in capsule form. Now, this is where the body is so smart is there's only one food source of butyrate. Broccoli. <laughs> well, actually, this one thing that broccoli can't do is actually butter. Um, butter. Oh, my favorite. Oh, I mean, it's so, you know, they kind of talk about how great it is for the gut. And like, this is why, because it's the only food source. Oh, my goodness. But this is where I also think that every culture in the world uses some kind of butter. Mm -hmm. If it's not cow's milk butter, it's goat's butter. Here you got in the Himalayas, yak butter. Every culture uses butter because it is inherently so great for the gut, but because of the butyrate content. And so like we see a ton of juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, the cutest little two-year-olds, oh my Aww. goodness, with the knee the size of a basketball. Oh my gosh. Well, they're too young sometimes to even swallow capsules. So we just go, okay, put butter, ideally <laughs> butter. Grass-fed, yep. Put it on top of everything. It always makes everything taste better anyway. Of course. You cook it, just put it on butter. So the little kitties just start getting all this butter. When they're old enough, we love to have them taken in a capsule form, which is, you know, even higher 
uh, dose. And oh my gosh, does the gut love it? But because that's such a central mechanism, uh, including when you combine it with the vitamin D and the probiotics, oh my gosh, does this just start the body moving in the right direction? Getting at these central mechanisms that no matter what health issue you have, you're moving forward, you're moving in the right direction. This is all very heartening. And I, and simple, really, if we can start with those three simple things. And I want to say, I'm a big supplement believer. Let's put it that way. Vitamin D should be D3 and it should be a fat soluble version. Don't take a dry powder form of the pill or a capsule. It has to be a gel cap. Uh, the butyrate you've explained and probiotics come in so many different forms. Do you have a favorite? You know, I like to alternate every three months with a, a live one. Uh, we use one called High Flora. And then I love to combine it every three months, alternating with a, a spore-based. So we use one called Megaspore. Um, ideally, there's thousands and thousands of good bacteria in our gut. Probiotics help build up the good guys. Well, you don't want to build some good guys and not others. They love that balance. And so you'll build some with one type of probiotic, build some with the other. And if you kind of keep alternating, you tend to keep everybody in the good place all at the same time. Okay. Now, I know you've written a book, but I think it's for nurse practitioners, which we may have some listeners, not for the general public. Is that correct? Well, it, it is a more of a technical book, but it's really the basics, but also it's the science. I, I thought it was important that people know it's not one person's opinion. So even though it, it's written in a way that non-medical people can go, oh, that's where autoimmune disease comes from. Oh, that's the test I can run on the blood test in my local clinic or hospital oh, he actually just told me how I can actually order my own tests by going online and ordering, and they're even cheaper than going to my insurance. Uh, this is exactly what's up, how exactly you interpret the lab results. Well, this lab came back with this result. How do I interpret it? And that's a challenge for medical people to interpret it as well as they should. Hmm. Then, so what supplement do I use to fix that? I give the exact supplement. So it is kind of for non-medical folks also. Oh, good. Um, though... Um, we have a new free online course, email course, that is seven emails. Each one we take a deep dive. People can access it through medicalbilldetox.com. Because when you get start getting these chronic health issues, it's like imaging study after imaging study, doc after doc, try this after that. Oh my goodness, can that put a dent in your medical bill budget? And so we take a deep dive. So like week one, we talk about cortisol. You know, how important it is to create the calm, how to do it what supplements to use. The second week is this vitamin D receptor resistance, its impact, how do you fix it with this foundational triad. Week three, we talk about these infections that drive chronic disease and how to get rid of them. Week four, we talk about foods and how some foods can bug you in a sneaky way uh, and how you can figure out which ones do it. And then, uh, you know, how that will put you in a position to start fixing stuff. So it's a really, uh, how, do I, how do I fix this myself? Of course, you know, we want somebody in every community eventually knows how to do this, medical practitioner. But at least until that time comes, people really have to have a good idea how to do it themselves. And if you can dive in deep each week with these concepts and go, oh, yeah, and then, oh, yeah, that's how you fix it. Really, you get the body in position to fix this. And that's when the body goes, hey, I've been waiting to do this for so many decades. I know how to fix your issue. I've been waiting to fix it. But this stuff has gotten in the way. Give me a shot. Just give me a shot. Get this stuff out. <laughs> well, this is when you do this kind of stuff, including you know, getting out of nature helps human health and well-being through resetting cortisol. It's like, well, you do that kind of stuff. You get rid of this thing that's getting in the way of your body fixing. The body goes, hot dog. 
I've been waiting seven decades to do this. I'm going to fix this. And people go, oh my goodness, I've had this since I was six years of age. It's gone. I'm wow. 84. This is great. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great for somebody who had something for that long? I had somebody um, with a tinnitus uh, a couple of years ago. She's 84. She comes with all these health issues. She's been getting more and more each decade. And uh, she has tinnitus. And I go, oh, tell me about the tinnitus. Oh, well, you know, I just gotten used to that. I've had it since I was six years of age. Oh. Uh, it's not my worst problem because I got used to it, you know, like, oh, OK, but I knew it was connected to everything else. Like you said, everything's connected. Right. And so she comes in. We made a couple changes the first visit because we knew we had to do a couple of things like let's start creating some calm. Let's do a couple of other things. Um, she comes back the next time we start going over the lab results. But before we go to the lab results, uh, I, I say, so we made these couple changes. Anything getting better? Well, actually, you know, my energy is better. I'm sleeping a little better. I only used to poop twice a week. I'm actually pooping every day. And I'm like, all right. And then I go, so, so what about the tinnitus ring in, in your ears? She goes, oh my gosh, it's gone. <laughs> I've had that since I was six years of age. And I'm looking at my piece of paper. Oh my yeah, I knew that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she goes, oh my gosh. And I'm like, yep, everything is connected. And your body has been sitting there for 78 years, trying, you know, knowing how to fix this, ready to fix it. Just got to begin a chance. She gave her body a chance and took care of that. Wow. Now, do you work with people virtually or just where your we office do. is? Yeah. So we used to, my clinic's in a place that nationally and internationally, uh, people travel from all over the world. And so it was really easy back in the day when people would have to come see us at least the first time uh, uh, in person. And then we could do things virtually. Nowadays with telehealth, we see so many people virtually and that's all we ever see because really, truly, you know, we're not really doing any physical examinations. We just want to go, okay, tell me what's going on. We basically know where chronic disease, autoimmune disease comes from. So we kind of already have a sense of where, what problems people have. Then we do the testing if we can. We love to test. We don't have to guess. Um, and we can do it all just virtually anywhere, anywhere from anywhere. That's awesome. So if anybody listening is interested in having the expertise of Dr. Billstrom and his team, his website is drdavidbillstrom.com. And it says even book an appointment. So I guess you can book right through the website. Yeah. Well, it will connect you to the place where you can book. Well, this has been absolutely mind blowing. I'm just down to three things now. I have to look up what butyrate this is the thing I'm going to take and add it to my vitamin D and my probiotic, which I do take. But I didn't know about mixing them up every few months. So I'll, I'll keep that, put that in on my radar as well. Um, anything you want to leave the audience with? You've been really great. Well, something we talked about before is, is that just because you've had something for a long time doesn't mean it can't go away. But also, uh, especially with women, you know, getting this estrogen dominance taken care of so important. Uh, not only because, you know, you really don't want these menstrual hormonal things, you don't really want the red without calm things, but getting this really nice balance, uh, creating calm, getting progesterone levels to come up, getting your gut healthy, healthy so you can get rid of old toxic estrogens, but also then because you're fixing cortisol, fixing this entire hormone production symphony, you got your estrogen production, estrogen progesterone production, and other hormones in a really good place and well-balanced, and that's ultimately what you want to do because with all this autoimmune stuff, we now know there's an autoimmune component to heart attacks and strokes and dementia and really? osteoporosis. Wow. Even 30% of all autism is one particular autoimmune disease. Um, if you get the gut healthy, vitamin D receptors, cortisol resets, you get this estrogen dominance in a good place. 
and, and my next book that's about 80% done already is all going to be about estrogen dominance. Um, well, then you're not only in a position to not get cancer and autoimmune disease, but all these diseases that actually have immune system components like dementia, Alzheimer's, Bartek, stroke, osteoporosis, like, ah, oh, you're actually putting yourself in a good position to fix all and prevent all those guys too. One-stop shopping. Really? It was like, everything's connected. Everything's connected. Everything's connected. I love it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time. I'm so glad that we've had a chance to get all your great information. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. You're welcome. And people, I'll be back next week. Stay well till then. Hey, everybody. I have a favor to ask. If you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes that you listen to, please leave a review on your favorite site for listening to podcasts. You can also leave a comment on my website where you'll find the podcast at the podcast tab or under any of the guest podcast episode pages. Thanks. It means a lot to me and I appreciate you. Be well till next time.